0: Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our study on transhumanism, uh, vaccinations, DNA, the flu epidemic, and proactive health recommendations. So the next report is entitled, Vaccinated Children Five Times More Prone to Disease Than Unvaccinated Children. Five times more prone to disease. Wow. Wow. This is from Natural, Na- Natural News. This is all referenced. I mean, you don't believe this stuff, click on the links and it will take you to the reports where it's proving this. This isn't like some opinionated piece. Oh, it's opinionated, but it's opinionated toward truth. <clears throat> An ongoing study out of Germany comparing disease rates among vaccinated and unvaccinated children points to a pretty clear disparity between the two groups as far as illness rates are concerned. As reported by the group Health Freedom Alliance, children who have been vaccinated according to official government schedules are up to five times more likely to contract a preventable disease than children who develop their own immune systems naturally without vaccinations the way God intended it to be. Five times. Why? Well, because the vaccines are loaded with diseases. They are loaded with diseases. The polio vaccine, you can get polio. Smallpox, I mean, you name the disease, and there's other things in there. They culture these vaccines off the most disgusting mediums you could possibly imagine. Aborted babies, number one. At least 17 vaccines cultured off literally aborted babies. Don't believe it? Key in like uh, MMR, Miravax, the chicken pox one. I get into this in that teaching I just told you about, in the avian flu, I, I list a whole bunch of them. And you can go to the PDR, the physician's desk reference, which was like the, uh, the Bible, I guess, for all drugs. And you will see, and you just go into the manufacturing process and see how it's made. And it'll say human diploid cells, the culturing medium. They grow it off aborted fetal cell lines, aborted babies, the fetal cell lines of specific aborted babies, specifically three that I was aware of at the time. And also green Reese's diseased monkey kidneys, that's another, or chicken embryos. I mean, it's like a total witch's brew. So going further, um, released as its own preliminary study back in 2011, the survey includes data on eight 8,000 unvaccinated children. 8,000. So it's not like, okay, we got like five kids that are unvaccinated. 8,000. That's a pretty good control group or whatever group they're referring to that as. The study includes data on 8,000 unvaccinated children whose overall disease rates were compared to disease rates among the general population, the vast majority of which had been vaccinated. And in every single disease category, unvaccinated children far, fared far better than vaccinated children in terms of both disease, prevalence, and severity. In other, I mean, it's, it's well known that the SV40 cancer virus was totally tanking all the polio vaccines back, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. SV40 virus. Look it up. It is a cancer virus, but it's like a ticking time bomb. It's not like you just get the vaccine and you get cancer the next day. It could, you could start to develop it, but a lot of times it was happening when people got into their forties and fifties. Maybe as that, it's like that time bomb finally went off. Now they're full of cancer. Oh, I wonder where this cancer came from. Well, think back about 30 years ago when you got that polio vaccine. Well, no. Why would they do that? They want to kill us. They want to drive us into the medical, pharma, cartel system so that we're dependent on them. Oh, no, go get your chemo, which is basically, chemo was originally mustard gas left over from World War II that they diluted and put it into the bloodstream at at a rate where it wouldn't quite kill you yet, but it would kill the cancer too. So poison... The cancer cell and poison you too. Or radiation, or irradiate you and, and burn you and fry you from the inside out. The most painful, horrific ways that pretty much would ultimately end up having the lowest success rate. That's what they say is the cutting edge still. They have so many cures for cancer, it's not even funny, but they're not released, they're suppressed. Because there's no financial incentive for them to invent a cure for anything. They want to keep us diseased and sick. And that's the whole purpose behind vaccines and the whole purpose behind the medical society, other than like emergency medicine. Ultimately, if you look at the people behind it, that's why they want to do it. A weak, sick, diseased population is incredibly easy to control and they can milk them for all their money. It's a proven fact that most people will spend. A lot of times they'll have all this money that they acquire and in the last six months of their life they end up just giving it all back to the MDs in the form of you know their massively expensive bloated you know medical system that would just suck you dry. My dad, when he had that heart attack, literally about exactly one day in the hospital, he didn't even get any surgeries. They just basically put him on life support about halfway through his, his organs were starting to shut down. And this is the time I was allowed to leave him to the Lord right before it really got bad. He, that bill for that one day, no surgeries was 80 plus thousand dollars, 80 plus thousand for one day, no surgeries. If that's not evil, I don't know what is. So, going further here, uh, let's see. In every single disease category, unvaccinated children are far far better than the vaccinated children in terms of both disease prevalence and severity. In other words, the evidence suggests heavily that vaccines are neither effective nor safe. They're exactly just the opposite. Louis Rain, back in 2011, said... Um, In a Health Freedom Alliance survey, quote, no study of health outcomes of vaccinated people versus unvaccinated people has ever been conducted in the U.S. by the CDC or any other agent in the 50 years or more of an accelerating schedule of vaccinations. Now over 50 doses of 14 vaccines given before kindergarten, 26 doses in their first year of life. Of all the things I've read today, that's about the most profound. And it shows you how stinking evil this satanic profession is. No study of health outcomes of vaccinated people versus unvaccinated has ever been conducted in the U.S. Ever. Since the inception of vaccine. Hey, if they're this wonderful, where's all the studies proving it? They're probably not even able to trump up results like that. Private interest groups of the pharma medical cartel, if they could, would trump this up, but no study's even been done. Now over fifty doses of fourteen vaccines. In other words, they're combining a whole bunch of different garbage like measles, mumps, rubella, MMR. There's three different things in there. Okay? Fifty doses of fourteen vaccines given before kindergarten. Twenty six doses in the first year. All these things grown off aborted babies, green reese's monkey disease kidneys, chicken embryos, and then you got all the other garbage they put in there. They're DNA based vaccines. They're affecting your DNA. 50 different kinds before kindergarten? 50 different doses? Not 50 different shots, but they're combining them. What are they doing to the DNA of the children? Satan wants to get the children when they're at their youngest. In the name of Jesus Christ, they're giving them hepatitis B vaccines, which is a sexually transmissible disease and or IV drug use disease the first day they're born. What does a baby need a hep B vaccine for? They don't. Satan needs them to have it. Satan wants to defile them at the earliest possible age. Body, soul, and spirit. Because it's doing all of that. I'm not saying they can't get saved, but I'm saying the more you get, the less likely, the more, you know. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't know what's happened to them on a spiritual level, but it, it cannot be good when you're injecting a vaccine cultured off an aborted baby. I think that might be bringing a curse massively on people. Kind of like, you know, the abortion clinics, you know, running all in America and performing a record record amount of abortions last year. Those statistics were just released, Planned Parenthood. Think that could be bringing a collective curse on America because of all the innocent blood crying out from the land and the gay and sodomite agenda advancing daily and then all the other wickedness going on. This is just part of that. So there's never been a study done comparing vaccinated to unvaccinated in, in the U.S. No, they want to keep that way under wraps. Way, you know. As disclosed at vaccineinjury.info, which is a website, vaccinated children are nearly twice as likely as unvaccinated children to develop what they call neurodermatitis, for instance. Just one thing. A skin disorder marked by chronic, chronic itching and scratching. Similarly, vaccinated children are about two and a half times as likely, based on current data, to develop a pattern of migraine headaches compared to unvaccinated children. The numbers are even more divergent for asthma and chronic bronchitis, where vaccinated children are about eight times more likely than unvaccinated, eight times than unvaccinated children, to develop such respiratory problems as asthma and chronic bronchitis. So see, they create the disease through the vaccinations, through poor nutrition from birth, through saying, oh, you don't need to breastfeed your child. No, this this soy formula is just as good. Loaded with garbage, you shouldn't even be putting soy in your body unless it's fermented, and even then, it's, it should be organic and only in small amounts. Wreaks havoc with your hormonal system; and it's toxic. And it now almost all soy, it, it, all soy unless it's, it's unless it's organic, which I'm not even aware of. That. I still want to put that garbage in your body unless it's fermented, and just small amounts. It's all GMO. It's all genetically modified. So therefore, that's affecting your, your body even worse then. Breastfeeding is the way that God intended it to be for a baby. That's how the baby gets its vaccinations. Now, what do you mean? That's how the mother imparts its immunity to the baby. That is God's natural vaccination program. Okay, Breastfeeding, particularly the first 48 hours when the mother's milk milk is rich with a substance called colostrum. All mammals produce this stuff first 48 hours. It is, it is like an immune system exp- like, know, I'm say explosion, but it's, it's just like this massive imparting and building up of your own immune system through the colostrum that the baby desperately needs. And it desperately needs it in order to develop its own thymus gland, which has a lot to do with immune system function as well. But a lot of mothers don't even do that right off the bat. I tell somebody, if you're not going to breastfeed, at least breastfeed like the first 72 hours. At least give your baby a fighting chance with that, because at least you're going to be giving them the colostrum. Take a really good prenatal. And I don't mean the garbage they give at these medical, hosp- medical offices. Those are synthetic Garbage. I'll I'll actually in this PDF I list the prenatal that I recommend it's actually a food state whole food prenatal. And you should also be doing um some type of filtered fish oil. A, a good prenatal and at least a filtered fish oil as a as a prenatal. Um anyway, I'll get into that a little bit later. So anyway, that's the way God intends it. This is the way Satan intends it, okay? God's way, Satan's way, okay? Vaccines are Satan's way. Now, vaccinated children are for, far more likely to develop hyperactivity. Hay fever. Know anybody that has ADHD, kid? Hmm. Or autism, which was, you know, hardly existent before the modern-day advent of vaccines? Yeah. Far more likely to develop hyper, hyperactivity, hay fever, and thyroid disease with their likelihood three to four times and a shocking 17 times higher, respectively. In other words, you're three times more likely to develop hay fever... Four times more to develop thyroid disease. No, no, I'm sorry. Three more times to develop hyperactivity. Now, I would say it's only three because you can have an unvaccinated kid and feed him garbage and feed him sugar and get him nice and full of candida and burn out his adrenals and he's still going to be hyperactive. Okay? So anyway, um, three more times hyperactive, four times more hay fever and 17 times higher with thyroid disease. Um, compared to unvaccinated children. Here, you can view the the complete data as it currently exists here. There's a link here you can click on. Where the gloves really come off on the issue, however, is in the autism category, the long-held point of contention in vaccine safety debate. According to the data, only 4 of 8,000 unvaccinated children that were included in the 2011 release of the study responded as having severe autism. 4 out of 8,000 unvaccinated which is a mere half of 1% of the overall population. Meanwhile, the autism rate among general population, as tabulated by German study, used for comparison, is about 1.1%. It's higher than that now. It's particularly in America. Okay. This means that unvaccinated children, and again, this is not accurate. I think that this is incredibly conservative, and it may be true in Germany, but this number is much higher in America. Unvaccinated children are 2.5 times more likely to develop severe autism compared to unvaccinated children. A shocking finding when considering the medical establishment vehemently denies any link whatsoever with vaccines and autism. Well, they're liars from the pits of hell, so they're going to deny it. Now, let me preface that by saying, and as it turns out, the four unvaccinated children who developed severe autism, all tested high for heavy metals, including mercury, mercury, which further indicts vaccines and their disease-causing adjuvants, meaning they put that in the vaccines. We're exposed to all this garbage in our everyday environment. We don't necessarily have to get it from the vaccines. It's just the most direct way to get it into the bloodstream. So these other four that actually tested, if they wouldn't have been off the scale in heavy metals, including mercury, they wouldn't have autism either. So it's possible now to have autism without being vaccinated, but it's still very, very rare, and you've really got to be loaded with heavy metals for it to happen. In a similar but unrelated uh, study conducted back in the 1990s, researchers found that death rate among vaccinated children for infection with diphtheria, tetanus, and whooping cough or pertussis is also twice as high on average compared to unvaccinated children. And those are things they're vaccinated against, (laughs) but the death rate's twice as high once they get vaccinated. Well, that's the norm. Okay, now, I got this, saw this yesterday, and what they're trying to do, like, you go into wherever, CVS or Walgreens or whatever, oh, they've got the micro needles now. This needle's only like one-tenth the size of our other needles that we were giving vaccines because people have a lot of fear needles, okay? So what's the, what's the ultimate um, end? Well, in contagion, the vaccine was nasal. Why I've discussed that a lot in previous teachings, the nasal vaccines. Well, there's no needles involved, okay? They're going to try to make this as palatable as possible. Now, they've got self, or they're they're doing heavy research, and this could be released this year for for mass production, self-administering micro flu vaccine patch sent via your mail. So it's a self-administering micro flu vaccine patch. I'm going to play this to the 7 minute and 34 second mark. So you can hear this. Just like in a brave new world,
1: have you taken your SOMA today? Because eventually, you know what they want to do? They want it to come in the mail, and you can use it yourself. Self-administering micro-vaccine patches? Could it be true? (laughs) Thanks for coming to ExperimentalVaccines.org. And uh, today, that's the rabbit we're going to chase. Okay, now he
0: actually has a picture of one of these self-administering and he, it's on the end of a finger. I mean, this thing is small. It's very, very small. It's they—they they put it over a penny, and the penny's way bigger than this. I mean, it's tiny.
1: Um, walk with me. Alright, here we go, a trip down memory lane. Look, it's it's uh, stanford.edu. If you'll remember, Stanford is one of the schools that uh, Merck was able to set up shop back in 1942 to start researching his bio-weapons. Tri- okay, now,
0: again, I've covered this before. IG Farben, which was the main company <clears throat> and drive, one of the main driving forces behind Hitler that actually split into three different companies after World War II, after the Nuremberg trials, in order to hide its identity. BASF, TDK, and bear, bear aspirin. Um, that's what IG Farben split into. They actually went in league with the Rockefellers and other globalists to approach these medical colleges that many of them were in a state of disrepair. And now I know Stanford's just not medical, but their medical branch, and say, hey, listen, you want all this money? for revamping of your one. Yeah, just let us put two people on your board and we're going to help you design curriculum. And at that point, everything became disease-based, pharmaceutical-based care. Meaning, if you have symptoms of this drug or, the, or of this problem or this disease, you give this drug to cover up the symptoms, you got to take more and more of the drug as time goes by and you got to take other drugs to counteract the side effects from those drugs because they're all controlled poisons and they all produce side effects. That is when the modern-day medical colleges started to really, really change over, and this is just more documentation, Merck has itself set up, Merck, the pharmaceutical company, has itself set up in Stanford, so this is more evidence of that.
1: ...grading Merck vaccines, anyway, not to chase that rabbit again, here we go, uh, we're on scope, like I said, this is published by the Stanford School of Medicine, and the article starts, NIH funds development of painless vaccine patch... Starts off with, immunizing vast amounts of people without the need for trained medical personnel would obviously be incredibly helpful to health officials responding to martial law and trying to spread preventable diseases in developing countries. Oh, wait a minute! Huh. I'm I'm wearing those glasses from from they live. <laughs> Sorry guys, <laughs> let me let me take those off really quick. Oh, there we go. Okay, where was I? Here we go.
0: A tiny patch. Now, the, what he's referring to is the glasses that they put on in that show they live. And I don't advise watching it's rated R. It's, it's not, a, not a Christian show. But essentially, these evil entities had taken over the planet. And this preacher had come up with these glasses where when he put them on, he could see them for what they are. Okay? And again as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. These people are wicked, evil people. These glasses permitted you to see them for the hideous, disgusting beings that they are. If we were able to look into their souls, essentially, we would see how wicked and how evil the people that are behind these vaccines are. And it would horrify you. That's the whole point here.
1: Comprised of a hundred microneedles that dissolve into the skin could be the solution. Uh, wonderful. Uh, let me show you. They use a little bit of fear here to uh, promote the idea. <clears throat> Let's um, I in mean, here right here. It says this. Researchers hope the funding accelerates development of the microneedle patches to make them available for general use within 5 to 10 years. As someone has yet to outgrow her childhood fear of needles, I eagerly await the day the painless patch is offered in substitution to the syringe. That was one of the uh, researchers stated. She's terrified of needles. So hopefully they'll come out with this patch that, of course, you'll see here, they're going to focus on the flu shot. So walk with me here. Let's go over to another uh, website.
0: Now, notice they're focusing on the flu shot. This came out of June 29th of last year. We weren't in flu season. It's just very, very uh, pertinent to this lesson. And I just saw this yesterday, and it just lines up perfectly with what we're talking about today.
1: I Hold your breath. All right, here we are on the Georgia Tech. It's another EDU. Like I said, I'm hoping you're holding your breath because it's going to get really stinky here in a second. (laughs) Uh, NIH awards $10 to develop the microneedle vaccine patch. And you'll see here... uh, the National Institute of Health has awarded $10 million to the Georgia Institute of Technology and Emory University and PATH, a Seattle-based non-profit organization, to advance the technology for the painless, self-administration of the flu vaccine using patches containing micro, tiny micro needles that dissolve into the skin. Hmm. I found uh, something interesting. Let's uh, scroll down here into the meat and potatoes of the article. I wanted to read you something. Alright, here we go. While the ability to immunize large numbers of people without using trained medical personnel is a key advantage for the microneedle patch, the researchers have learned that the administering the vaccine through the skin creates a different kind of immune response, one that may protect protect vaccine recipients better. So I think there's some code going on there. I'm assuming these are uh, probably more damaging, and it makes me wonder about those TV tests I've been getting. (laughs) Anyway, let's go on here. We have seen evidence that the vaccine works even better when administered to the skin because of the plethora of antigen-presenting cells which reside there. This is what one of the... um, the researcher said, uh, the assistant professor at the Emory University Department of Microbiology and Immunization. And um, it goes on here, and this is uh, another thing I want to point out that's pretty key. Uh, developing an administration system that would be simple to use, intuitive and reliable. Our goal is to make these patches suitable for self-administration so that anybody could take the patch out of an envelope, put it on, and work it And have it work with a high reliability. And I think reliability means you're doomed. (laughs) Because we already know that vaccines are designed to weaken your immune system. I've done uh, dozens of study or reports now on the exact articles that come from their own research. Let's run over there because you'll see here it says the five-year grant will be used to address key technical issues and advance the microneedle patch through phase one clinical trial. Now when it said clinical trial, the bells and whistles went off for me and let's run over there now. This is clinicaltrials.gov. This is where they house uh, all the information they collected from around the world on all their experiments. You can see here they're doing 128,269 experiments in 180 different countries. Now, I've already typed in over here, microneedle. Let's hit the button, and I think you're going to find this interesting. Now, you'll see there's 16 studies. Now, it took a second, I scrolled down here, and this is the one that made me go... Huh. Right here. Comparison of four influenza vaccines in seniors. Now, um, let's click the button. We end up here on the study. I'm going to scroll down and show you here that in the trial, this is a, um, one where they're giving dosages of the vaccine. You'll see here in the third one, the the Intanza vaccine is using microneedles. So... They are doing this, and you can see here. Let me scroll up just a little bit. You can see the estimated enrollment: 930 people. Start date was in 2011, and the end. It already finished April of 2012. So expect this type of delivery system to possibly come out this year for the um, the new uh, seasonal flu fear-mongering campaign that I'm sure will start. Very Which is soon. where we're at right now. So if you want to learn more about all this stuff, oh actually, before we do that, look, follow me over here. I want to show you something. I, I found this cool. I started looking into these micro-patches. I want to know where it came from. Now, check this out. This is back from 2007. Patch promises painless injection. Technology from inkjet printer cartridges could be used to inject medicine painlessly through the skin from a patch on the arm. Now let's scroll down here, I want to show you the pictures. You can see here they show how the process works. And look, this really uh, uh, caught my attention, the way it just uses the terminology. CHIP administers drug doses. So when they said the word CHIP, I know it's uh, it's set up in a, on a little chip here, but it, just think of them incorporating the nanotechnology, biotechnology, all these other things And their chips sound like some kind of biotech going on here that uh, eventually will be um, uh, controlling something other than just the administration of medicine. so.
0: So that's really intriguing there because now they're actually incorporating in this particular article the vaccine, the microneedles, which are painless, dissolve into the skin with a microchip that actually administers the drug doses and does who knows what else. So, I mean, you know, the the possibilities here are just very, very evil and draconian, potentially. So, let's go further. Next report. Neurotoxic Tamiflu drug approved for use on infants. Tamiflu, the antiviral drug facing international criticism for its deadly side effects, has just been approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for use on infants just two weeks old. Infants are significantly more vulnerable to drugs as their lesser developed blood-brain barriers and detoxification mechanisms make them less capable of keeping chemicals out of their developing brains and bodies as would an adult. The FDA's decision comes amidst international controversy over Tamiflu, known generically as Oseltamivir. Since the drug's approval in 1999, several suicide deaths and Incidents of bizarre side effects have been recorded. In Japan, close to the cries of an then-imminent Avion flu pandemic, and this was back in 06, 54 people with no previous discernible psychiatric or health complications were dead after taking Tamiflu in 2005, and they've just approved it for infants. Now, this really hit close to home for me because I had a whole section on my um, Avion flu presentation where I went into this, and I'm going to Play this, but I'm gonna just, just going to read the, the um, PowerPoint slides off it, okay? And if you want to go watch, this is my whole presentation here. Um, it's the whole full version, so I'm going to cue to that and then just read these PowerPoint presentations so you can understand how wicked and evil Tamiflu is, and this is just one aspect. And this is the thing they just approved for use in infants starting at two weeks old. Okay, so I'm just going to read these, these slides. Uh, Avion Flu, Drug, and Rumsfeld Connection. Here's a picture of Donald Rumsfeld in front of the Pentagon, like a pentacle or pentagram uh, sign, giving double, it looks like a double Cornuto sign, Hail Satan. Anyway, uh, the drug company that created Tamiflu, being touted as the only effective weapon at the time against the spread of Avion Flu, has a little publicized link to the Bush administration. Donald Rumsfeld was the company's chairman, so he was the chairman of Tamiflu. He also had a lot to do with getting um, NutraSweet, aspartame, which is an absolute total neurotoxin, railroaded through as well. This guy's pure evil. Okay, Rumsfeld served as the head of Gilead Sciences Inc. from 1997 until he became Bush's Secretary of Defense in 2001. See, there's benefit to serving Satan. He was promoted from Gilead to Bush's Secretary of Defense because he did such a good job serving Satan. Okay. Gilead licensed the drug to Roche for marketing Tamiflu, and Roche announced Tamiflu's first approval in 1999. Rumsfeld um, makes a $5 million killing on the bird flu drug. This was from the Independent UK in um, March 12, 2006. Donald Rumsfeld has made a killing on the bird flu. The U.S. Defense Secretary has made more than $5 million In capital gains from selling shares in the biotechnology firm that discovered and developed Tamiflu. Isn't that funny? In that movie Contagion, they were accusing the guy that was pushing the homeopathic medicine of the very same thing that they're totally guilty of 24-7, 365 days a year. And that's making a killing, literally, no pun intended, off of pandemics and things of this nature. Oh, man, that boils my blood. They're such hypocrites. So, yeah, you only made $5 million in capital gains from selling shares in the biotechnology firm that discovered and developed the worthless, evil Tamiflu. The drug being, brought in, being bought in massive amounts, stockpiled by governments to treat a possible human pandemic of the disease. And we're going to look at how well Tamiflu does against avian flu. Sales of Tamiflu are reportedly projected to reach $1.1 billion this year. But Tamiflu may not be the anti flu panacea it's been cracked up to be. Fortune magazine reported that recent studies show that Tamiflu may have lost, it never had though, may have lost much of its, of its effectiveness in treating avian flu. Eight out of ten victims in Vietnam who received Tamiflu died despite getting the drug. So many are becoming highly suspicious of the continued touting of the drug. Let me really make this, let me really emphasize that last point. At the time, the H5N1 Avion bird flu had a 56% kill rate if you contracted it. 56% of the time you died. When 10 people in Vietnam received, who had the Avion flu, received the Tama flu, to treat the avion flu. 8 out of the 10 died. What's that? That's an 80% kill rate. And that's after they received Tamiflu. So if you took the Tamiflu. You had even a more a much higher chance of dying. It went from 56 to 80%. Sounds good to me. Where do I sign up? I mean hey I want to take something. That's going to definitely put, you know, put me 6 feet under. Pushing up daisies. I mean why not? What's not to like about those statistics? Well, again, this is what happened in 1918, 1919, which I get into in this very same thing. The people that got the vaccines, and in this case, a drug, were the ones that died. All by design. So, let's go further here. In reference to the pharmaceutical industry, Dr. Angel, um, who is... Let me just see if I skipped something there. No, I didn't. Oh, Dr. Marshall Angel, Harvard Senior Medical Lecturer and former Editor-in-Chief of the New England Journal of Medicine, so she's no slouch, states in her book, The Truth About Drug Companies. In 2002, the combined profits for the 10 Fortune 500 drug companies was $35.9 Billion. billion. Fortune 500 drug companies, for-profit, traded-on-the-stock-market companies, they're for-profit. They have no incentive to ever develop a cure for anything. Cure makes them no money. It might make them some initial money, but then there's no, more, there's no more disease to treat. They perpetuate disease. They create it because they are of their father, the devil, and of his lusts and of his works they will do. They deal in pharmakia, which is the root word for sorcery in the Bible. That's what pharmaceutical, the word pharmaceutical comes from. The figure of 34... $35.9 billion is greater than all the combined profits for all the other 490 Fortune 500 companies put together. So there's 500 Fortune 500, like the biggest companies on the planet or whatever. Okay. The 10 combined profits for the top drug companies, for the top 10 drug companies, their combined profits was $35.9 billion. If you take all the other 490 Fortune 500 companies left over and you combine all the profits, it was only $33.7 billion. <laughs> It's not unbelievable. I mean, we're talking... I'm sure there's there, the love of money is the root of all evil. I'm sure there's no corruption in that scheme at all. Nah. In reference to the pharmaceutical industry, Dr. Angel states, now primarily is a marketing machine. Now this is a lady, former... Editor-in-Chief of New England Journal of Medicine. Very, very high up there. She says, The pharmaceutical industry is, quote, Now a mark, primarily a marketing machine to sell drugs of dubious benefit. This industry uses its wealth and power to co-opt every institution that might stand in its way. Including the U.S. Congress, the FDA, ac- academic medical centers, and the medical profession itself. So besides population reduction, the financial motivations for the globalists are crystal clear. Tamiflu, this is from Washington AP, federal health advisors are looking into the death of 12 Japanese children, now remember, they just approved this for infants, two weeks old, why not right out of the womb? Why not in the womb? Maybe they could like find a way to get the pill in their mouth in the womb, I mean, why not? I and mean, you're trying to kill them, why not just be a little more honest about it? I'm I'm obviously being facetious, but I'm saying, you know, if if you're serving Satan, you know, why not be even more flagrant? They're looking into the deaths of 12 Japanese children who took Tamiflu. These are children. They're, you know, obviously a lot more developed than a baby. An update by the uh, FDA staff also includes reports of 32 neuropsychiatric events associated with Tamiflu. All but one of those experienced by Japanese patients. In those cases included delirium, hallucination, convulsions, and encephalitis. This has neuropsychiatric events. So there's a spiritual component to taking Tamiflu. There is a demonic pharmakia, sorcery component to taking drugs in general, I believe. Some way more than others. Tamiflu is a whopper. It's like demon in a box. I'm telling you, there is a spiritual aspect to this stuff. Tamiflu is useless for avian Flu. Now this was from Science Daily. From... Um December 3rd, 2005. Now this is before they started stockpiling the Tamiflu or, or, or in that time frame, they already knew it was worthless for avion flu, and yet that's the one drug they choose to stockpile back then, and it kills people and causes neuropsychiatric events. okay. London medical experts are stating that categorically that the Roche pharmaceutical wonder drug Tamiflu is quote useless in treating or combating the avian flu virus. Dr. Nigan Quang Van of the Center for Tropical Diseases in Hanoi, a Vietnamese doctor with experience in treating avian flu, says Tamiflu had no effect on patients suffering from H5N1 bird flu virus. We place no importance on using this drug on our patients. She reportedly told the London Sunday Times, "Well, again, but if if you go back and look at the other eight out of the 10 that received the Tamiflu actually died, which is way worse than the 56% kill rate that it would normally have. So it's 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 not, they're not, they're understating it. Tamiflu is really only meant, he's saying, for treating type ordinary A flu. I wouldn't use it for anything. It's evil, demonic, and it's not, you know. It was not designed to combat H5N1. The statement comes in the face of several recent announcements by several nations, including Britain and the US, that are stockpiling doses of the drug as a future safeguard against the mutation of the H5N1 virus that has begun. And now, this is before it's even mutated, where it's easily transmissible human-to-human, or before it's ever went airborne. It didn't even work back then. It made it worse. What would it do if you took it now? Like, let's say, with if the Dutch researcher guy that developed the kind that goes human-to-human, and again, they've already had that in the laboratories, they're just going to have to have a scapegoat. <laughs> well, what happens then, you know? The Bush administration is reportedly spending several hundreds of millions of dollars stocking Tamiflu, all for the benevolent benefit of humanity. You know, isn't that special? I, It just really warms your heart, kind of. Anyway, so that's all I'm going to talk about regarding the Tamiflu thing. Um, but I give you the link to that study, um, the, to the full study there. There's a link here. So, going further. This just came out January 3rd. Police take newborn after mother refuses Hep B vaccine. Remember I was just talking about the Hep B vaccine? Uh, lawsuit and trial follows. The state has granted powers to individuals through the use of titles, uniforms, and badges. In this instance, both social worker and police officer are the titles used to seize custody of Jody Ferris's newborn child after she questioned the hospital's, quote, safety plan. Once in custody, uh, once, once in the custody of the state, the baby was injected with a hepatitis B vaccine. Again, sexually transmitted or IV drug use transmitted disease. You know, newborn babies are mega at risk for that, right? I mean, everybody knows that. That's the most insane thing, the most flagrant insane thing I think they do, and, and I just don't see hardly any public outcry about this Hep B vaccine. You know, at all. I mean, not, not saying that, like my listeners, but I just, it's, it's so insane. And the mother was then, so the baby was taken from her and was injected with Hep B vaccine and the mother was evicted from the hospital and forced to stay in the parking lot, only permitted to return every three hours to breastfeed her newborn daughter. Ah, welcome to the... Welcome to the police state, the Nazi police state of America. The next morning, the court system determined that this was a violation of constitutional laws, and the baby was immediately returned to the custody of her parents, with no mention of the possible damage done to her immune system after receiving this toxic concoction. The main report also goes on to say that if the baby suffered any kind of, um, oh, who knows, whatever down the road, let's say the baby had an adverse reaction, let's say the baby uh, instantly developed autism or whatever, went into respiratory from the vaccine, the mother would be responsible for paying for that care, not the vaccine company. And they injected it without her permission and literally, I mean, it's just, it's as bad as it gets. With the help of Homeschooling Legal Defense Association, and there's a link to their website, the Pharisees have filed a civil rights lawsuit on the grounds that their fourth and Fourteenth Amendments were violated. This lawsuit has been making its way through the court systems, and earlier this month, a judge a judge um, let me see here ruled in favor of the Ferris's claim, and the case will now proceed to trial. So that's good, at least. Jody had planned on avoiding the situation altogether by having her baby born at home with the help of a midwife. No, I shouldn't say that's. I mean, that is that's really good, and I'm glad that happened. It's just that you know, the fact that the baby had to get injected with this toxic hep B vaccine and they stole her baby and made her wait out in the parking lot. It's just it's unbelievable. So she had planned on having the baby at home with a midwife. Okay? Unfortunately a contingency plan for this particular vignette was not written down. Now, I've already had this happen to me one time since I've been up here in North Carolina with a a local, I'm not going to say patient, but a local friend of ours, I advised her to go that route with the midwife, natural home birth. Unfortunately, she had some complications. She had to end up going to the hospital, and thank God they didn't do the same thing they did to this baby and this mother. But it was it was bad though. So you do need to have a contingency plan um, in place in in case you have to go to the hospital. Okay, when she w- went into labor out. Uh, So she hadn't developed a contingency plan, and when she went into labor out in the community, her only advice was to take an ambulance to the nearest hospital. Now, they're going to treat you like garbage and double dirt because you haven't went the medical route and done all the medical garbage that they want you to do and done every little thing that these medical um, doctors want you to do. They will... If you don't do what this particular lady I'm in reference to, I mean they, they ended up kicking her. Basically, um, if you don't go along with everything they're telling you to do, they will kick you out of the practice. They won't see you. They will ask. They will try to do everything in the world to make your life miserable because they're 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 control freaks. Most of them. Some of them really believe they're they're gods. I've been around some MDs that literally believe they were gods. I, I'm not lying. I'm serious. I've heard enough about it. Okay. I'm a doctor. Okay. I've had a ton of training. I'm not an MD. I'm a chiropractor. But I mean, I took a lot of schooling. I took national boards. I took state boards. I've done a ton of stuff. Okay. And I've been, but particularly with MDs, boy, oh boy, oh boy, there's they're something else. Now, I'm not saying there's not problems with every profession, but wow, I've seen some crazy stuff. Anyway. Um, we can learn from this by having vaccine exemption forms and a packet containing all legal information and documentation necessary just in case you end up in a similar situation that involves employing the help of, a me- of the medical death industry, which in this instance takes no responsibility for exposing the Ferris's daughter to harmful toxic-filled injections known as vaccinations. So this is a... This is really a good thing to have in mind and to do. Okay? Now you might you can click on this link here, this homeschooling legal defense association link. Then maybe they can get you the information. I also give you here proactive vaccination legal resources. I get a lot of people emailing me about this, and I I, what I did is I kind of put I copied and pasted these off my vaccination packet here so you can have them. And one touch at the fingers and you can have a lot of different resources that you can check into. First one is find a compassionate doctor to help you prevent vaccine injuries. There's a whole link here to to, to doing that, to finding a compassionate doctor um, that doesn't want to use vaccines. And then here's the next one. Um, this is on how to legally avoid unwanted immunizations of all kinds. This is from Dr. McCollin. He is an MD. I don't think he's as hardcore as he could be, but he comes from a medical background. So that's... But he does have this how to legally avoid unwanted vaccinations of all kinds. Under American law, you do not have to allow either yourself or your children to be immunized or vaccinated. The individual American has now discovered he has the legal tools with which to fight the insanity of being vaccine, vaccinated against a virus for which the medical cartel will never have an answer for, which is all by design. Okay. Next link, National Vaccine Information Awareness Center. These are state immunization exemption laws. Okay, there's a link to that. Next one, Liberty Counsel. This is more legal help. Um, compulsory vaccinations threaten religious freedom by attorney Matt Staver. I actually treat... His sister was a patient of mine back in Florida. Anyway, um, I give you their phone number, their address, and their their um, uh, email address. And then the next one, Immunization Resource Guide. Where to find answers to all your questions about childhood vaccinations by Diane Rosario. There's a link to that. So I give you a lot of different things you can look into, okay? And then also, I give you a link to this product. It's called NDF Plus. And my comment, if I could only recommend one product to my patients in regard to dealing with the aftermath of vaccinations, heavy metal exposure, and or mercury amalgam dental fillings, this would be the one. Now, it's expensive. I'm just warning you. I don't have anything to profit off this at all. But I'm telling you, they, they've got pre and post things of kids like that had autism, and they went on this product, and all of a sudden they became like normal. Okay, I, you know, listen. I worked with a guy. I've told this story before. He he was a chiropractor, and I couldn't believe he went to the same chiropractic college I did, where they were heavily against vaccinations. And he had both his kids vaccinated, and literally the next day they were autistic. Oh, I'm sure there was no correlation at all. Even though there's whole support groups across America for parents that take their kids in and. They get vaccinated, wow, they're autistic Like the next day, that day, or a week, or two weeks. So it's variable. I'm sure there's no correlation at all. Anyway, uh, and then they also have a liver detox that you can do. It's all liquids, and I think it would be a, they're kind of experts in that, so I tend to refer people to them because I, I think that's about the best product I'm aware of regarding that particular subject. Now, going further. So you have all, now this is all in green on, it's going to be on page, I don't know, probably eight, seven or eight of the PDF for January 13th, 2013 at contendingfortruth.com. The reason I tend to say that a lot is because a lot of my teachings are up on YouTube. I have nothing to do with any of that, but there are a lot of people that post my teachings, a lot of different people. And if you're just up there on YouTube and you're listening to this, you're like, who is this guy? Who is this nutty dude? And so I like to be able to kind of say, okay, if you're hearing me on YouTube and you have no idea how to maybe access this information, it's all free on contendingfortruth.com. You know, I don't, you know, I try to just give it all away. Here, have it for your benefit. But it's in in green on the PDF um, for that date. Okay, so next report. The vaccine hoax is over. Secret documents revealed the shocking truth. Freedom of Information Act in the United Kingdom, filed by a doctor there, has revealed 30 years of secret official documents showing that the government experts have, number one, known that vaccines don't work. Two, known they cause the diseases they are supposed to prevent. Now, we just said that. The German study, unvaccinated versus vaccinated children, five times more likely the, the, the vaccinated children to develop a disease Five times. Okay? So they know they cause the diseases they're supposed to prevent. They're known that they're a hazard to children. They collude to lie to the public. And they work to prevent safety studies. And this truth getting out. Those are the same vaccines that are mandated to children in the U.S. to take. Educated patient parents can either get their children out of harm's way or continue living inside one of the largest, most evil lies in the history of mankind, that is vaccines, full of heavy metals, viral diseases, mycoplasma, fecal material, DNA fragments from other species, remember it's all about the DNA, all about tainting our DNA, formaldehyde, which is embalming fluid, I'm not making that up, it really is, polysorbate 80, which is a sterilizing agent, they want to sterilize you through the vaccines. And then the squalene, too. A lot of the stuff they put in the vaccines will sterilize you. I get so sick when I go to the stinking post office in our local area, and it shows the first thing I see on the glass as we're going in the door, on the left-hand side, is this babe, is this mother who's pregnant, like probably seven, eight months, and saying, you need to get vaccinated of all times on the planet if there was a time not to get vaccinated it would be when you're pregnant but they want to they want to destroy the baby in your womb they want to, Satan wants to get to that baby as early as possible and that's why they're pushing that so hard Freedom of Information Act is filed in the US with the CDC by a doctor with an this was filed in the US by a doctor with an autistic son seeking information on what the CDC knows about the dangers of vaccines And had by law, this had to, by law, according to Freedom of Information, to be responded to in 20 days. Nearly seven years later, the doctor went to court and the CDC argued it does not have to turn over the documents. I I wonder if it's because they might have something to hide. Seven years later, Freedom of Information Act is supposed to be a 20-day response. CDC argued it does not have to turn over the documents. I mean, this is pure, unmitigated, satanic evil we're talking about here. I hope I've convinced you of that. Don't, don't believe me? Key in vaccination in the keyword search box at truth.com and see all the other studies I've done on the subject. Not my opinion. I'm just going over Facts. So, a judge finally ordered the CDC to turn over the documents on September 30th, 2011. On October 26th, 2011, a Denver Post editorial expressed shock that the Obama Freedom of Information Act—that Obama, oh, hold on here, I'm losing some text—the Obama administration had been, after promising to be especially transparent, give me a break. They. Anyway, the Obama administration, after promising to be especially transparent, was proposing changes to the Freedom of Information Act that would allow it to go beyond declaring some document secret to actually allowing government document, document agencies, such as the CDC, to declare some document non-existent. Massive, massive lies and cover-up. And these are the same people bringing you your vaccinations on a silver platter simultaneously to this ongoing massive CDC cover-up. And again, the CDC is is portrayed as the savior in that show, Contagion. They are the saviors. They are the knights in shining armor. They are above reproach. And anyone that talks about an alternative is just evil and lies and they're just in it for the money. And the exact opposite is what is actually reality. I, I just love putting out their hypocrisy and their evil. So, going further here, simultaneous to this ongoing mass of CDC cover-up is its decades of covering up the damaging effects of fluoride in the water and affecting the lives of all Americans, especially children, oh, in the toothpaste, obviously, uh, and especially children in the immune uh, compromise. Lawsuits are being prepared. Children are ingesting three to four times more fluoride by body weight as adults, and the sheer number of potentially harmed citizens or persons with dental fluorosis, which is caused by too much fluoride. Kidney patients uh, tipped into needing dialysis from the fluoride. Diabetics, thyroid patients, etc. Numbers into the millions. Again, it's all a big massive depopulation plan. The fluoride burns out your lower brain lobes, which controls your will to resist. That's why you see all these zombies walking around that don't oh, know care about football or whatever, or or who Brad Pitt is with, or or some other stupid garbage. Fluoride burns out your lower brain lobes, which controls your will to resist. Also gives you cancer, bone cancer, bone softening diseases. I thought it was good for your bones. Natural organic fluoride that naturally occurs in the soil is. But the fluoride they give us is sodium fluoride. And even actually, now they're finding way worse forms than that. They pump it into the water. They pump it into the toothpaste. They pump it into the pesticides, and then you eat the plants. Oh, I'm eating I'm eating vegetables. Yeah, unorganic Unwashed vegetables are loaded with pesticides. So you need to be, you know, at bare minimum rinsing those things, but trying to not eat GMO and trying to make sure, if if possible, eat organic. Anyway, let's go further here. Um, let's see here. The CDC is obviously acting against the health of the American people, but the threat to the lives of American people posed by the CDC's behavior does not stop there. It participated in design pandemic laws that are on the books in every state in the U.S., which arrange for the government to use military force, unknown un, to use to use military to force unknown, untested vaccines, drugs, chemicals, and medical treatments on the entire country if it declares a pandemic emergency. Where? Where, where, What legislation was this? Patriot Act, Project Bioshield. Primarily Project Bioshield. They can force you at gunpoint to take vaccines. That's what Project Bioshield said. I get into it in that teaching I just told you about, Navy on flu. I give you all the documentation. Bush signed it into law. And they're on the books in every state. Military force to get you to to, to un, untested vaccines, drugs, and chemicals. I'll take a bullet in the head before I take it. I've said that before. I will not take this. I'm not going to have my DNA. Uh-uh. No way. That's just me, though. You need to pray about it. Ask God what he'd have you do. I, and there's there's no there's no question for me. There's not even a little bit. This is pure evil you're dealing with. And God can protect you from this. I'm not saying the Lord Jesus Christ can't protect you from this. The CDC's credibility in declaring such a pandemic emergency is non-existent, again based on Freedom of Information Act findings, for in 2009, after the CDC had declared the H1N1 pandemic, the CDC refused to respond to Freedom of Information Act by CBS News, and the CDC is also attempting to block their investigation. These wicked evil devils from the pits of hell. What the CDC was hiding was, in part, one of the largest med- medical scandals in history, putting out wildly exaggerated data on what it claimed the H1N1 cases were, and by doing so created the false impression of a pandemic in the United States. Now, see my teachings on this scandal of the swine flu, H1N1 virus, at, and I give you the link there to all to basically all the teachings where I talked about this, and there were a ton. I was, just like when I did that tour, I was trying to shed light on this evil, wicked subject, the lies that were being perpetuated, so that hopefully they weren't able to literally play that pandemic card out and impose what they've got in Project Bile Shield. Where they would go door to door forcing, you know, vaccines at gunpoint type of deal. But again, I think it's the it's if you had again the pandemic issue to me, is the ultimate way to pull this off—to disarm America, kick them when they're down, kick them when they're at their weakest. Maybe create a binary agent, chemtrail the people, people get sick because their immune systems are already down, and then say, "Hey, you got to have the vaccine," which is really gonna, you know, be the final nail in the old coffin. And at the same time, they disarm you, they come and they, you know, commandeer whatever you and your family. So I'm telling you, if they have their way, that's what they would do. And this is why I put this information out. So that not only we're aware of it and we can be proactive and we can educate other people, but most importantly that we can pray about it. Because I believe a lot of these disasters have already been averted because light has been shed on them. You know? Satan loves darkness. Why? Because his deeds are evil. And his followers love darkness. They want to keep all this under wraps until they're ready to just spring it on us. So, the CDC was also covering up financial scandal to rival the bailout. Since the vaccines for the false pandemic cost U.S. billions, this was the swine flu, and worse, the CDC put pregnant women first in the firing line for an untested vaccine with a sterilizing agent, just one of many, polysorbate 80 in it. So, you get your swine flu, and I had reported on all these women that were miscarrying their babies, literally anywhere from... One day to two weeks to a month after they had received the swine flu vaccine, there were whole forums that these women were up there and they're like, well, I don't know. I just, I got the vaccine and I I boarded my, and they weren't even, most of them were just like kind of matter of fact about it. Yeah, I miscarried my baby. I didn't hear about, oh, we're going to file huge lawsuits against these. No, it's like they're above reproach because they're, they're the medical people. They're in the white coats and they have the magic prescription pads and, and they know what they're doing. People are, I guess, I think they're just afraid of going against this. So, thanks to the CDC, the number of vaccine-related fetal demise reports increased by 2,440% in 2009 with the swine flu vaccine compared to previous years. So, fetal vaccine demise reports, that means babies miscarrying. Not only increased by two thousand four hundred and forty percent in two thousand nine, thanks to the swine flu vaccine. Mission accomplished by Satan. Still kill and destroy. Simple as that. So, which is even more shocking than the miscarriage statistics, which were seven hundred percent. Okay, so fetal demise. I guess that meant that the babies, after they were born, went into demise and died, and then they also had a seven hundred percent increase in miscarriage statistics. So anyway, I document that in the swine flu uh, teachings I did way back then. i give you a link to that. The beginning of the drug industry began with that success. With that success. And Monsanto was part of it. Monsanto. One of the most wicked evil companies on the planet. Bar none. Uh, again, Rumsfeld was integral. Monsanto used to own the actual patents for the NutraSuite that was railroaded through. So it's, I could probably do a 10 part teaching on Monsanto alone. They're so wicked and evil. There's a link if you want to know uh, more about that right here. So you can click on that. The flu myth was used by George Bush to threaten the world with another pandemic flu that could kill millions. A latest terror tactic to get a pandemic laws on the books in every state and worldwide. Then the CDC used the pandemic card to create terror over the H1N1 which is the swine flu, and push deadly vaccines on the public, killing thousands of unborn children and others that we just documented. The CDC will not release the data and continues to push the same vaccine. And the Obama administration, in attempting to salvage the last vestige of secrecy around what is really happening with vaccines by declaring agency documents non-existent, has made its claim of transparency also non-existent. But pandemic laws arranging for unknown vaccines to be forced on the entire country are still in place with the HHS creating a vaccine mixture that should never be used on anyone and all liability for vaccines have been removed. So when they kill you, if you give them that chance or they kill somebody in your family or several members and you die, all vaccine liability for, for the original company making the vaccine all all the liability things have been removed you can't sue them you can't sue them that's the way it is now meanwhile a canadian study has just proven that the flu vaccine containing the h1n1 vaccine which kills babies in utero the swine flu vaccine actually increases the risk of the serious pandemic flu exactly there's a link to that report as well so it's going to kill your unborn baby chances are you're going to probably be sterile and um, you're going to actually increase your risk of the pandemic flu, and who knows what else other things it's imparting with its tainted DNA and all the other garbage that they're putting into the vaccines. Who knows what other kind of uh, satanic benefits may be there. Americans who have been duped into submitting their children to the CDC's deadly vaccines have a means to respond now. People from every walk of life and every organization must, number one, Now, this is from the article, Take the information from the UK's FOIAs exposing 30 years of vaccine lies, the refusal of the CDC to provide any information on what it knows about those lies, and the Obama administration's effort to hide the CDC's awareness of those lies, and go to their state legislatures, demand the immediate nullification of the CDC vaccine schedule and the pandemic laws. Uh, Number two, inform every vet active duty military person, law enforcement person, DHS agent, and medical personnel they know of the vaccine hoax, for their families are deeply threatened too, but they may not be aware of it, or that they may... Or they may have been folded into agency structures by the pharmaceutical industry, which is indistinguishable from the bankers and oil companies, that would make them agents of death for their country with the now declaration of a pandemic emergency or uh, bioterrorist attack. It is completely clear now that the terrorism, bioterrorism structures are scams so that any actions taken to protect this country using those laws would in fact be what threatens the existence of those very same Americans. This is going to be the, it, when they when they play this card, and I can't think of a better time for them to play it, particularly with all this pressure to, to disarm and to take away our second amendments, amendment rights. That's the one reason, I think that's the biggest reason they haven't played the card. They haven't got the guns yet. But if they did this in conjunction, and let's say they do it in conjunction with another 510 school shootings, which they can blame on the guns, it's the guns' fault and not the deranged mind control CIA Ultra, MK Ultra Mind Control slave they just triggered to perform it and who was acting in conjunction with many other shooters. I mean not that, that thing at Sandy Hook. I don't even know where to begin on that anymore. There's so there's so many That that was such an unbelievable foisted scam. Pre planned I, I, I can't even I can't even possibly even get into it now. I I, I could just literally just devote all my time to that. Sandy Hook right now, all of the things that don't add up, all of the signs that that point to that it was a staged event, just like the Aurora shooting, just like pretty much all these other shootings, they're all being staged in order to strip us of our rights and to create public sentiment that will allow us, that will allow them to take away more of our liberties, more of our rights, but the second amendment rights, what they're really after. And I can't think a better way to do it than to do it in conjunction with a pandemic. When, we're, when, when America is literally at its weakest. And then maybe in conjunction with a whole bunch of other cataclysmic events happening. So, that's uh, something to consider there. Now, I'm going to go ahead and end... Oh, here, let me just... The last quote was by Dr. Lynn Horowitz, who said, The greatest lie I ever told is that vaccines are safe and effective, end of quote. Okay, So he actually did research and found and got the documentation that proved that the AIDS virus, HIV virus, was actually created in a lab, it's called a retrovirus, it does not occur in nature, and it was actually created and spread through the hepatitis B vaccines given, I believe in the late 70s, to gay male populations in San Francisco, Chicago, and I believe New York. That is where the AIDS epidemic started. Retroviruses are not normal. They don't occur. And that's what the AIDS virus is. And they created that and spread it. He, he found the documentation. and Now, he's new age, as you could get, so I'm not saying, you know, follow the guy. But if you key in Len Horowitz AIDS on YouTube, you know, I've had people come to me and say, oh, no, it's not that. I, well, I don't know. I mean, the guy sure seems like he's got a lot of documentation to prove what he's saying. You know, and and he's done some tremendous research, and I mean, just the research he did on that Doctor Gallo, and the quotes—you can see what the guy's saying. He—they're not trying to hide it. These are some sick, twisted, warped, Luciferian Satanists. Okay, easy to document this stuff. So, let's go ahead and end part two here, and we'll go to part three next. I'm, I'm doing good, I'm on I'm page nine of the 51 page teaching, so we're, we're cruising along pretty good. Sorry, just kidding. We'll see you in part three.